Hey gorgeous, this is episode number 295 and we have the amazing Samantha Riley back on the show. Hi, this is Samantha Riley and you are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm so looking forward to another episode with Samantha Riley. I just love how she puts the focus on more income, more freedom and more impact as a speaker, international business growth strategist, as a number one best-selling author, the host of the Thought Leader Business Lab podcast. She has over 25 years personal experience in building and growing businesses. And she helps leaders and experts to scale their business by leveraging their knowledge. And today we will be talking about how to value your genius. So let's dive right into the second episode with the wonderful Samantha. Riley. Well, I am so super pumped to have you back today, Sam. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to diving even deeper with you. Yeah, I, I just love, we talk, you know, we talked about the um, thought leaders positioning checklist and you shared that there are five amazing steps people can take to really have that clarity and a really great foundation. So their soulmate client or idea client comes to them and works with them instead of someone else who obviously can't be you. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the piece of, you know, authenticity? Because mm. sometimes we do feel like maybe we are not good enough or for far along to teach something or we might be afraid that we can't really deliver the way we are thinking we can or that the client might not be happy. Like how, how does this piece of authenticity come into sales and, and make sales actually better? Mm, I think if we take a step back and look at what it is that we actually deliver so many of us don't value our own genius. Mm -hmm. We don't value what it is that we bring that is so unique that no one else delivers exactly like we do. And we get into this mindset of thinking, wow, if we're going to, to sell someone at this high ticket level, you know, we start to think, they, they're going to want this and they're going to want this. I know that when I first started business coaching, because I transitioned from wellness coaching. So at the time I was running retreats on creating your ideal life and a lot of people were very unhappy in their career. And people were coming to me and saying, Sam, you've been in business for so many years. How can we do that? And that's how I transitioned into business coaching. But when it, because it wasn't something that I went out to create, it was something that organically happened. I was thinking, okay, what do these people need from me? Well, they need to make sure that their finances are in order or they've got a business plan or all of these logical things which do not come naturally to me. Like I set figures like sales goals, but that's mm -hmm. about it. I make sure my, my accounts are reconciled. Other than that, I've got bookkeepers, I've got accountants, they do all that. But there was this logic that kicked in that said, Sam, you need to be able to help them with their, their numbers and their P&Ls and their, all of the other things that happen in, in the accounting packages that I have no idea about. And that's when imposter syndrome kicked in. And I think that when we move away from our authentic, the way that we authentically deliver and, and really tapping into 
what it is that makes us unique and our, our genius, that piece of us that creates the magic, that's when this imposter syndrome kicks in. So it's really important to know what are you a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 in and don't stray from that. Don't get caught thinking that your, your clients want something else because we need to understand that our clients have come to us, have been attracted to us because of who we are and the message that we share. Mm, yeah, this is this is so impactful and and so true. They come to you because what you've shared before. They didn't mm -hmm. come to you to create all the stuff like for them. Obviously, it's good to have a conversation about what else would they need, and then you can mm -hmm. see if you can create it or if you can have like a joint venture with someone else or like mm -hmm. some kind of mm -hmm. partnership. But it's really staying with your genius. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what would you say to people? Because I see that a lot in my clients and I, I think we all have this challenge that when we're really brilliant with something, it's difficult for us to see. It's difficult for us to put a price tag on it. We would do it all day long. We would do it for free. It excites us. It brings joy. How can people start to value their own brilliance more? I love that you say this because I think that the piece that comes to us so easily, we think that it, because it does come to us so easily, we think that it's easy for everyone else. We don't even realize that there's a value to it. And I think that this is where it's really powerful to reach out to people that are close to you in all different capacities. Reach out to people that you have worked with. Reach out to people that you are friends with. Reach out to, you know, maybe some past clients and actually ask them what they think is your genius zone or what they think is, you know, that, that thing that is your brilliance, as you mentioned before. Other people can give you a deeper insight than you can yourself. Because like you said, it just comes so easily, you don't realize it. So reaching out to people and asking them these questions is really, really powerful and will help you to really see what it is that you bring. It's just, have you ever done that before, Christine? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. Because I had a challenge, like when I, when I started, I had so many ideas of how I could serve and what I could do and what I've been through been through with my experience so where I could add value and I, I just couldn't see it. Mm. I still mm -hmm. couldn't see it. And today I say, well, you know, remember you look out of your eyes. If you mm -hmm. are not in front of a mirror, you're not going to see your whole body. Mm. And it's the same with your brilliance. You might have mm -hmm. an idea, but if nobody kind of shows you the mirror, <laughs> you, you can't see it. You need other people. And it Absolutely. feels a bit weird, right, to ask others, I, I found when I did that exercise. But then it's, it's so valuable, the feedback. Yeah. So when I did it, I, like I said, I reached out to friends. I reached out to people that had spoken at my conferences. I reached out to current and past clients. And what was so absolutely amazing to me was that everyone's answers were almost identical. And I was like, really? This is how other people see me? And it was, it was just at that moment, it's like, I, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's what other people see that that's the brilliance. Awesome. So, so what exactly did you ask so that people, 
you know, felt comfortable in sharing feedback as well. Like who, someone might be listening, thinking, okay, well, I can ask these friends, I can ask this past client, you know, but how, how do you ask in a way that gives you the results for better understanding? This is so cool. And I'm glad you asked it because I think that the first thing to remember is that humans love to help we love to help other people. So whilst we might be thinking, oh, I don't want to reach out and bother that person, the other person's probably going to be thinking, wow, how lovely that that person reached out and asked me. Of course I would love to help them out. So that's the first thing is that people love to help. And I just I just said, look, I'm, I'm wanting to get some clarity on a few things. I was wondering if you can answer these questions. And I and I mean, this was a while ago, but it was things like, what are three words that you would use to describe me? What do you think my my greatest gift is in helping people in business? Asking things like that. What do you, what do you feel are my, uh, the, the values that I exude the most? Um, and getting the, the answers to these or what do you think is, um, you know, one of my zones of genius and seriously, everyone really answered almost identical. So yeah. from there, it was actually really easy to pull it all together. Yeah, yeah, I, I just love that. Thank you so much for sharing the the insight. And um, and another thing I just realized when I heard you talking, what happened when I really understood more of the value I bring to the table? I remember when I was still in corporate. And when I started out in corporate, I did not have an idea about sales whatsoever, right? So I went through a training and then I was on the phone and I remember my hand was shaking. I was so nervous making my first call. And I had been listening in the office while I did my research in a big office space, how other people conducted their calls. And so I was so amazed of how eloquently you could say things on the telephone. And, you know, I was really thinking like, wow, will I ever get there? And then some years later, I did a call for someone in my team and they looked at me with that look like, wow, will I ever get there? Right. You know, this wow. look of admiration uh -huh. and I observed it and I had the capacity to observe it because I was you know, in the conversation with the client, but, you know, I was, by that time, I was so good at what I did that I did not need a hundred percent focus. So I was also observing what my team member was learning at the same time to make sure they understood what was going on in the call. And that was a moment when I realized when you look at other people and you see the reaction you also get a pretty good idea of how they perceive you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so from that experience, I took that forward. And with my clients now, I always make sure that when we coach, that I also observe like all the tiny reactions or the ahas or the eyes are going bigger or maybe the jaw dropping like an extreme moment. But where you get that feedback without someone saying it to you. Uh-huh. Well, when you're coaching it very often, isn't someone saying it to you exactly yeah. like you say, you, you know, all of a sudden someone goes from a furrowed brow to a huge smile, or you just see, it's almost like they've just breathed a huge sigh of relief and their shoulders have just dropped. Like they're the cues that we get mm -hmm. when we're coaching. 
Yeah, exactly. And then what what I added at the at the end of of the coaching, I I started to ask like, what have you gotten out of the session? Mm-hmm. Because then it it gives you again, it gives you like the constant feedback, and they kind of will, you know, mirror what was really really good for them, what helped them to move forward, and from these answers you can also get like constant feedback around your brilliance that you might not be seeing Mm. because maybe you thought you helped them with a but really they got a and b and you were not even aware of b because it was just a thing you did with the other thing yeah exactly we don't even realize when we're in our true genius sometimes it completely goes under the radar because we do it so intuitively it happens without even thinking yeah. That other people are like, how did she do that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let me ask you, was it always easy for you to sell? So I think that, you know, as you were, were talking just earlier and you had your corporate job and you weren't selling and it was something that you had to learn to do and get better at. For me, I had a bit of a, a different experience myself because I started my first business when I was 20. and. I feel that I was so young that I had no clue about anything. So I wasn't, it was almost like I had no idea the things that could go wrong. So I wasn't afraid of them. I just went out and I knew (laughs) you just sold some stuff and that's what you did in business. And then, you know, you exchanged some goods or services and someone gave you some money. And I just did that all day, every day. And it didn't bother me. And then, so from the time I was 20 to the time I was, uh, 40, I was. I had a few different businesses, but when I was 40, I separated from my husband and we'd been married 20 years. And all of a sudden my world imploded. I started to really question my self-confidence, my self-worth. I went through this really awful phase where I, I didn't know who I was. And that's when I found it really hard to sell. All of a sudden I knew the things that could go wrong. All of a sudden I started to think I'm not good enough. I'm, I can't do this. People don't like me. I had all of, all of the negative things going through my head and that's when I struggled to sell. So for me, selling was, was quite easy until I was older and I realized all the things that could go wrong. So in actual fact, this, this, the learning experience that you had, I had to do that again at, at sort of around the 40 years of age, start to really work on my personal growth, work on my self-confidence so that I could begin to sell again. Because, you know, I think that the hardest thing in coaching is that we're actually selling ourselves. It's not like we're selling a product that's very easy. You know, you, you paid for this box, I'm going to hand that box over the counter to you and someone can pick it up and walk it away, walk away with it. That's quite easy compared to selling yourself where you've got all the self-doubt or the what if I'm not good enough or what if what if they're upset with me or if they don't get what they want I found that a lot more difficult to overcome yeah well thank you so much for sharing that and that just brings me back to the first episode where we actually talked about the self-worth piece Mm-hmm. And how that's going to make you or help you in selling, like when you can see see your brilliance, what we discovered in this episode, and you really understand your value, then it is aligned to the self-worth. And, and in life, it happens that there are things like, you know, splitting up after 20 years, 
I mean, that's, that's a huge change. Mm. And a lot of people have gone through experiences where, you know, life changed from one day to the other, right? Could be an accident, could be whatever. And then self-doubt creeps in and you kind of wonder how you can solve all of this. Mm. And that's where you have to go back to what we spoke about in the first episode of being very clear what it is that you do, very clear on who it is that you serve. And the third piece that we didn't talk about in the last episode is very clear on what it is that you're selling. So what is the package or what is the program? What does it include exactly? What is the outcome that your your ideal client will get? And how much is it? You need to know all of that with absolute clarity so that when someone says, how do I work with you? It's just, this is the answer. I think that a lot of people don't get clarity on this and that's when they get cotton mouth. And someone yeah. says, well, how do I work with you? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you could do this or, you know, and it's, and it's kind of, it's this much. And people can intuitively feel that you've got no idea. So the, the trust is eroded in that moment. So all the trust that you'd built up with that prospect is straight away, it's just gone. So you need to know very clearly what it is that you're selling and what the price point is. How can people get clarity? Because I know, especially as coaches or consultants, like selling yourself, selling mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. services you are making up, so to speak, like yep. how can they get that clarity and confidence so they can say, well, this is what I do. This is what people get when they do the work, right? Because we cannot guarantee somebody doesn't do the work. And this is how long it usually takes. And this is what it costs. Like, do, do you have an approach for that? Absolutely. Where most people start to do this is they start to think, what are the deliverables? So they start to think, well, I could give them a one-on-one -on -one session once a month and a Facebook group and a, you know, and a group coaching Q&A hot seat, you know, two times a month. But that's irrespective. It doesn't matter what you're delivering. What matters is the, the transformation. So the question you have to ask yourself is what is the transformation that I'm delivering? What is this ideal client? What is the outcome most likely to be? And that's how we price our product on the outcome. If we know that we can get someone to, um, you know, um, make six figures in their business in six months, then it's very clear to understand, well, what is the ROI of that? So then we can say, okay, so the price point, even if we sell that at $5,000, that's a bargain where totally. I think a lot of people are oh, totally not what I would charge PS. Um, <laughs> but it, <laughs> if someone was trying to think, Oh, well, like, well we've got this one-on-one -on -one and this Facebook group and then they're thinking, Oh, well, what would I charge for that? But it, and then that's why it doesn't work. That's why they can't come up with an amount. So what is that transformation? If there's someone that's overweight and feeling really uncomfortable in the bedroom with their partner, how much is it worth to them to have, to feel amazing and to rekindle their romance with their partner? Like that Priceless. is it. That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden then it doesn't matter what the deliverables are. The person yeah. doesn't care. We just want to know what the transformation is. So start with the transformation and work backwards. And then you ask yourself to deliver that transformation and for our client to get that outcome, what would we need to deliver to ensure they got there? So it's a completely different way around of putting our programs together.
Well, that, that's such an amazing advice. And I think it's so important for people to get clear on what the value is that their clients are perceiving. Mm. Right. Because as we said, like your brilliance, it comes so easy. It's hard to put a price tag on it. But if you understand the transformation and what it's worth to your client, it's so much easier to figure out what price to charge. Absolutely. Because all of a sudden then you're charging for an outcome, not for a deliverable. And that's that's not what we're delivering. You know, people don't pay for us so that they can be in a Facebook group and, and do a session with us. That's, that's just what they get, but that's not why they're working with us. Mm, Brilliant. Yes. Love it. So what was the very, very first thing you have ever sold in your life? (laughs) So when I was, I think I was probably about eight years old. I remember, um, I actually like to cook and I, I remember my mum teaching me how to make these these sweets. They were like hard toffees and you sucked Ooh. on them all day. And, <laughs> you know, and they were, I loved them because they just kept giving and giving and giving all the sugary sweetness. And I, I made a batch and I took them to school and everyone's like, oh, my goodness, we want one, we want one, we want one. And I was like, oh, so if I made some more tonight, would you, do you want to pay for, you know, 50 cents for this tomorrow? And I got a list out and everyone was putting their name down. And every night I would go home and I would make these toffees and I would sell out every single day. Um, and the cool part of this is that I realized very quickly that I didn't really like trading my time for money and I didn't want to go home and make these toffees every night. So what I would do was pay my sister and my brother to make them and I would charge (laughs) them less and I didn't even make them. (laughs) So that was my first business. (laughs) I love it. It's so brilliant. I mean, obviously you are a born business person. (laughs) Either that or lazy, one or the other. (laughs) Well, or I would say like very smart. And it it does reflect that you started your first business when you were 20, uh, like going full in. And I just, I just love this idea that you were already having like, you know, a team or like people working for you and making a profit. It's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. What a fun, what a fun story. And you know, (laughs) you know, you do sell more when you are positioned in the right Mm -hmm. way, right? Mm -hmm. Your first Mm -hmm. business was Toffees. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've never talked about before either. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) And obviously the benefits are clear. You, you know, had sweet, sweet all day long. I probably would have been one of your clients. (laughs) (laughs) So, but if you can really come with the right positioning in case you do have a service that people, you know, cannot have a taste of right then and there, but they need to understand a transformation or the path they can walk down on with you. It's really important to position yourself in the correct way. Mm -hmm. And you brought us the thought leader positioning checklist. And I really encourage you when you're listening to hop on over and get your copy. I will put all the links in the show notes as well as the links that connect to Sam. So you can check out her beautiful work. Tell us a little bit more about the checklist and why it is so important that I do get my copy. You look, you need to be positioned in the way that your ideal clients are attracted to you. So when you're positioned as the trusted authority and you're seen as the go-to expert, people will come to you because they have faith. They trust that you can solve their problem. So you need to have a profile that's built so that people trust you. They need to know that you're the person that can help them. 
this checklist helps you to build an audience or your tribe of people, the right kind of people, because that's the other thing you shouldn't have. You shouldn't be trying to attract everyone because then you attract no one. So you, so through this checklist, you can uncover the steps to stop being the world's best kept secret and have people thinking that you're everywhere which obviously we can't because we're very busy, but we want people to think that you're everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's the the checklist goes through the main principles that you need to, or the things that you need to check off to position yourself as the authority or the go-to expert in your niche. Ah, awesome. So survival. Thank you so much for this wonderful gift. And, uh, yeah, what, what would you like to leave us with after the second amazing episode? I could talk for hours with you but what's like the final advice you would give to our listeners I think the final piece that I want to leave people with is to not be afraid to charge too much I think too many people charge not enough because they don't really understand I call it the genius you call it the brilliance it's the same thing what is that thing that no one else on the planet does exactly like we do and because it is so unique. No one else can compare with you in that exact same way. So get clear on that. And then you'll start to realize how much you really are worth. Mm, love it. Well, thank you so, so much, Sam. I really appreciate your time, all the golden nuggets you dropped. I hope people took a ton of notes and please gorgeous, make sure you get your copy of the leader positioning checklist thought leader because that's what you are you are the leader in your field after you figured out how to communicate it in a way that only you can do this so thank you so so much and um, everyone else have a wonderful day I hope, gorgeous, you have gotten so much out of this episode. And I see that over and over and over again, that we have challenges to see our own genius. We have challenges to see why we are better or why we are worthy. And we have self-doubt creeping up. Every time you go to a new level, you will have these challenges. So please make sure that you see your genius. If you don't see your genius, find someone who sees it and borrow their belief. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com to find the show notes, the transcript of Samantha's episode, as well as the resources she is sharing, her podcast, and all the links that are leading to her and her work. So you can go deeper if you wish, and you can be really inspired. Once you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes. That's empowerment right into your inbox, where I share tools, strategies, some motivation, inspiration, and things I usually do not share on social media. So if you want to be up to date with Heart Sales Podcast as well, make sure you are a subscriber of the empowerment notes. Thank you so much for having been here. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Mm -hmm.